0: Today. Welcome to Radio Notes, those in Music Talk Life and those in Live Chat Music and more. Our feature guest today is Hayden Matthews. His latest EP is called Summer Days. I'll quickly mention he has a couple of singles, Trick Vibe, featuring his sister Portia. And also he did a cut with Stacky. We might get that well that's called Blood and Gold. But for now, Hayden Matthews, welcome to Radio Notes.
1: How's it going, John? Thanks Thank for joining for us. Me.
0: Congratulations on the new EP. It's just been released called Summer Days. Start with you grew up in the Victorian Alps. What was it like growing up there?
1: Yeah, um, that was good. So I, I lived there until I was about six or seven. Uh, that, that was cool. That was its own experience and its own. Um, my, my family all grew up in uh, Mansfield, Victoria, down around where uh, Ned Kelly was and all that stuff. They all owned up um, property up in the mountains. But it got too cold from eventually, and then they decided to move up to Queensland to Brabie Island. So we've been there since I was, yeah, about that age, six or seven.
0: Well, let's talk about your dad. Uh, the bio would tell us that he introduced you to Elvis Presley and Hound Dog. How true is that? Was he the influence that got you into music?
1: Yeah, yeah. So my dad um, actually had a, a country music band uh, when I was growing up. So he played at um, Mud Bulls Music and Urban Country Music Festival, a couple of big ones. Uh, with a lot of the bigger names in it, like Becky Cole and Lee Kernighan and stuff like that. So he was up there pretty close before he um, before he gave it all up when his dad passed away, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, it was unfortunate he didn't kept, keep going with it because he's absolutely killing it. He's got an amazing voice.
0: Have you ever been here? What's your vibe on South Australia if you have been here? Because you have travelled um, a fair bit.
1: I have travelled. So I've only been to South Australia once and uh, that was to pick up a caravan I was probably about 10, I, so I, went, I drove down there with my dad and we picked up a caravan because um, at the time when my little sister was being born in 2007, I think it was, my mum got blood clots all through her body and we had to say goodbye to her, unfortunately, the doctor said she wasn't going to um, survive the night. So having to say goodbye to her and then on a miracle, she pulled through the night and is still alive to this day, healthy as ever. So once she pulled through, my dad decided life's too short, put renters in the house and bought a caravan and then just started travelling from the roadworks from there. So they'd done roadworks and they'd just go to wherever the tender was and then we'd attend school, wherever the best area was that had suited us.
0: Getting a feeling that South Australia, in our small little way, compared to that big life change for the sister, had a part in this travel for you, that South Australia was the reason that you hit the road. I'm going to take credit yeah. for that.
1: <laughs> you take all the credit. Man. That's that's all sweet, but, but it was. I like I said, I didn't see um, many like the coastal towns or anything. We we pretty much came through the desert, like um, down the the quickest route. My my dad's an ex-trucker as well, so he, he just loves the highways and stuff like that. So yeah, it was a cool experience. Loved it.
0: And when you talk about the sister, is that the portier who features on the uh, the mm. single with you? Kick it off.
1: Um, it's pronounced Portia, but it's a different sister. This is my youngest sister, youngest sister, sorry, um, and Portia's a little bit older. Of
0: course, you can't speak for her, but just your feeling towards growing up with a sister who obviously fought the odds, did that give you a sense of a fighting spirit or a knowledge of what a fighting spirit was?
1: Well, to be honest with you, man, it, all of my family sort of has that, that sort of quality about them, and so I, I feel like – Although my family isn't rich in wealth, they're rich in love and like support and stuff like that. So um, my my little sister and everyone in my family is like so strong. Just just the stuff that they've been dealing with, even since then. Like life has its ups and downs, and they've gone through some even crazier stuff since then. But that's a story on its own. Probably some of the most strongest people I've ever met in my life, easily.
0: If we take you back to that time that you were introduced to Elvis Presley and Hound Dog, as been stated, what was the next few steps after that? What then got you into music?
1: Yeah, um, so yes, I started off um, because my dad had his country music band. uh, I just started off watching them and my eyes lit up with joy and just pride um, watching them all perform and and do their thing. And Hound Dog was like my my first sort of – track that oh, a song that I'd get up and I'd sing a little bit as a little man on the mic and feel my dad pride and stuff like that. I'd just have his son up on stage. And then beyond that, my mum my was like really into um, like a motley crew and, and stuff like that. So that that sort of pushed me on down the line, different generations. When I was getting into high school, I, I really fell in love with like Green Day and Blink-182 and all that sort of stuff. So so that was like my early high school years, like that that sort of era. And then Ed Sheeran, I found on his Plus album. Uh, I love that. I was on repeat forever. I like knew all the words to all the songs. And he's the one that sort of uh, introduced me to rap, actually, funnily enough, because he's got some tracks that are full, quite rap. And because I was raised country music, rap wasn't like my dad's favorite genre, and because of I guess every child sort of grows up in their dad's footsteps. So I'm just like, oh, rap's not that good. But then as soon as I heard um, Ed Sheeran I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And then that brought on my horizon onto like Eminem and Slim Shady and then going down the whole path of rap culture and stuff like that and all the mysteries behind it of deaths and whatnot.
0: <laughs> it was slightly surprising. I'm glad you've made that connection because initially... Ed Sheeran, for me, because I'm not a big listener of his music, I only know him because of Jamie Lawson, because Jamie Lawson was signed to his label. It's interesting that that particular artist was the one that drew you in and then, as you said, deeper into what has become rap in your life. What does rap bring you as an artist then? What does rap do that being a singer-songwriter on the guitar does not?
1: A different texture to the music. Like When I heard Ed Sheeran um, singing about all this lovey-dovey stuff, almost, and then just completely switch it and then just bring a new texture to the song and then bring it back to what he was I don't know. I just thought it was the coolest thing and it really uh, resonated with me. Yeah, I went and bought a loop pedal after I saw him. There's this uh, YouTube uh, video of You Need Me, I Don't Need You and it's about 15 minutes long. And I just saw the the skill he has on the guitar and and rapping all alone, just like, oh, it's just incredible, man. He's one of the most underrated artists, I think.
0: So when you're laying down the rhyme... How easy do you find that? What's the starting point for that laying down of?
1: It's, it's hard to say. So when, when I was first listening rap, I couldn't rap. I don't know if it was because I'd, I was like singing all the lyrics, yada, 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 but um, I was out with my mates drinking one night and then someone was beatboxing and then all my mates were freestyling and it came to me and I just word spewed pretty much and it, it sounded all right. So I was like, oh, I didn't even know I could do this. And so for me, that was, like, a sort of a starting point. And then, like, whenever I'm cruising in the car or something, radio comes on, I just turn down quietly and try and do something over it. But it's usually when I've had, like, a substance of some sort and I'm, like, a little bit more relaxed and I'm just, in, yeah, freestyle or something. I find it hard to write all my raps out, like, off the top of my head because I feel like I'm overthinking. So, like, um, I usually tend just to put a beat on, have a bad freestyle over it while recording and then just pick out the bits that I like, build off that and then go again until I'm, I'm happy with uh, what I've got and then include it sort of around my song or build the song around it. Every song's different, man. It's, it's hard to say. I don't have an exact process for each
0: song. Let's get straight back into the Summit Days EP. Um, the help, McCurdy. I probably got that wrong yeah. as well. McCurdy at no. Zion Studios. Talk us through that if you don't mind and how you may have hooked up professionally with him to get this all done.
1: I actually uh, one of my roommates. He was good mates with him and my mate obviously because I was living with him and I was just still jamming out in my room at the time. I saw two other producers before Matthew, but um, I, couldn't, I couldn't seem to get my music out the way that I was wanting to. So I, I, I was spending a lot of money um, on... On just one track, which was actually Summer Days. So, Summer Days is like the track that I've been working on for two years almost, just trying to get it to come out right. So, I had to end up, had to put it on the back burner for a while just because I was spending too much money and effort on it and it wasn't coming out the way I wanted it. And so, I was losing touch of like what the actual song was originally. So, I had to put it on the back burner for a while. That's when I went ahead and done uh, Rain and Trick Vibe, kick it off. All those songs, and then it came back to the end of last year. I said, "Okay, I gotta get this off my conscience," and so I brought it up with uh, Matthew McCurdy and he just absolutely nailed it. Like it was exactly what I was going for. Yeah, man, I was just super stoked with the way it came out in the end. I was, I was glad that I sort of took a break from it and came back to it because it's sort of becoming a little bit stale, I guess, in the end. But like now, I'm, I'm fully in love with it.
0: Yeah. You are saying that the song was playing on your consciousness. In what way do songs like Summer Days play on your conscience?
1: Um, so at the stage of like before Tricked Vibe and before I had any music out, I the previous years before I was trying to get my music out because I wanted to make some sort of progress in my music career and every year that I hadn't made any progress I was sort of almost bullying myself but like letting myself down like, Oh, you still haven't done anything yet. What are you doing? How are you messing around wasting time? So I was sort of a bit hard on myself in at, at the start. Um, but now that I've I'm making progress and I'm on the right track and I'm constantly making footsteps in the right direction, like I'm I'm not in a rush to get anywhere, but like I still want to make my footsteps slowly, just in keep enjoying life and enjoy the ride. So no, I'm, I'm I'm really, really happy.
0: Have you got an understanding now of the difference between a music career and the actual music satisfaction? How the reason why you probably did start music's about you and it's not necessarily about the mass audiences.
1: Exactly, exactly. So that's where my producer Matthew McCurdy, like like so the the best bloke in the world. Like I, I'm so lucky to have met him. Yeah, like like I said when I came to him with Chick Bob and I was like, I want to do this and this because this and this and this and and I was trying to like target my audiences like man, slow down. You started doing this because you loved it. Do it because you love it. Don't do it for everyone else. Do this because you love it. This is why you started music. I'm like, do that. So true. Thank you. And like sometimes you just need those words and that made me take a step back, take a breath. And now I'm just, I'm happy with the consistency that I'm putting out. I'm not in a rush for anyone's opinions of of it, I guess. I'm I'm just happy making my music and, and stoked the way it's coming out. You know what I mean?
0: Music industry is a very fickle beast, a very fickle beast indeed. Let yeah. me ask you a question about one of the songs on the EP I think you're pretty stoked with at the moment and like maybe share a story behind or a bit of an idea so we know a bit more about it so we can get into it. You seem to be yeah. enjoying Black Saddle at the moment. Why is that? Why is that a bit of a, a preferred track at the moment from the EP?
1: Black Saddle was uh, something sort of just completely left field to, to what we were doing. I remember coming up with the rhythm on the guitar and – I, I just know I wanted to do something different behind it and I wanted to have it drop in it. it. It was a real process putting in. So the guitar work you actually hear in it was done by Keith Kerwin. He was a member of the Foster Brothers, John, John English and the Foster Brothers. So mm. he actually played in my, my dad's band um, when I was younger. And so I asked him to come through our Zion studio and jump on this track. And it was so awesome just catching up with him again and watching him work. And um yeah, and just shred it, shred on that track. So I guess that's why I a lot of um, love for it because it's just different to uh, a lot of the other stuff that I've been doing. And the the people involved, which like old family friends, that just hold it close to my heart. And yeah, um, Matthew McCurdy man, he he smashed it. He he mixed the heck out of it, and it came out perfect. So it's it's awesome.
0: You did name drop John English then. Have you ever listened to any of his albums?
1: Unfortunately, no, I haven't. But John English actually was uh, saying back up on my, my dad's album, um, Blood, Sweat and Gears, so that was his second album and uh, that, that's sort of how I know of him.
0: Back to Black Saddle on that very note, yep. what was that lyrical inspiration of Black Saddle for you?
1: I guess I, I drew the, the lyrics from, from the chord progression I was playing because it, it sort of reminded me of like a, a western sort of like old town with a dirt road. But then I just pictured, like, this bad-looking girl, like, beautiful-looking chick pulling up on, like, a, a big black Harley just in the middle of the town centre and just, like, sort of a theme song playing behind it. That's just sort of what I was picturing. So I was just creating my lyrics off of that. It sort of just came to me. It, it wasn't one of those tracks where I, I had to try too hard to try and write heaps of lyrics. It, it sort of came to me within, like, half an hour, all the, all the lyrics for that one. So it was just another one of those tracks that flowed really easily and was... um easy to get done.
0: We started off by talking about how you've traveled a fair bit around Australia, that of the parents where they were working and how you traveled along with them. And I want to know what that experience is like being in that caravan as a teenager. Do you have any fond memories of it? Oh man,
1: I have the most craziest memories. Of it. it was the best experience of my life. I would highly recommend it to any family out there. Like, no TV, no cell phones, just, just family fun. And, you pull over on the side of the road, cook up some toasted sandwiches, have a sticky beak around and keep on cruising. It's it's the best thing ever. I was so lucky to grow up in that sort of environment because I went to 14 different schools and I've been through a lot of different towns. I saw that a lot of people can get stuck in the small town mind frame and get really caught up on what people are thinking about them and stuff like that because they feel like they can't escape But but you can escape. It's like you're not stuck there. <laughs> you, you just, you don't have to be around those people if you don't want to. Like it, it's crazy. So I, I guess I was really lucky to experience that. It just opened my mind up to a lot more.
0: Still working yeah. a hard day's work as well in the construction industry, I believe. Is that still the case? Are you still a construction worker?
1: I, I ended up landing an apprenticeship when I was just about to turn seven, 17. So I was still 16 at the time. Uh, so I landed a carpentry apprenticeship. Ever since then, I've been doing formwork, which is like building high-rise buildings or like car parks, concrete infrastructure pretty much in Brisbane City and Sunshine Coast. So that's what I'm doing for work at the moment. It keeps the roof over my head and funds my music and all the things I love.
0: (laughs) Which is a wonderful thing. But away from buildings, is it the beach that draws you or the countryside?
1: It's a hard one to say because I, I grew up like like I said in Victoria and the bushland, and I just love walking through a bush and rainforest. It's it's majestic as and the beach itself has its own vibe altogether, and I, I love that. So I'm I'm completely drawn to both. If if I could have the best of both worlds somewhere, that that'd be that'd be awesome. Big big piece of land right on the beach, perfect.
0: Mm. Currently in conversation with Hayden Matthews, his latest EP is called Summer Days. We're having a chat about life as we do. I believe you may have gone to the Falls Festival recently. What was that like? Who did you want to see?
1: Yeah, so my first experience uh, was very spontaneous. Mm-hmm. I actually just drove to Lennox Head to see my cousin and um, my uncle and and stuff. And he said he was going to a festival for, for New Year's Eve. And I was like, oh, true. Uh, it was a last minute, spontaneous trip. I had nothing with me got a swag and some clothes so I ended up getting a ticket and I was going on festival the next day I just had the most craziest experience of my life it I never experienced people like that just just so loving and just happy just to be around everyone else and just want to party and drink and just get to know everyone I just had an experience it was so different to like going out to a club in Brisbane or anything like that so it was just the coolest experience for me and that's what um trick vibe I was all written about was just my experience at at, uh, Falls Festival my first year.
0: You've been since?
1: Uh, Yes. So (laughs) kept me going um, every year since. So I I went the year after that uh, with my – and then the year after that, I went with my girlfriend and my little brother. So I put seed in the seat and he said, (laughs) no, he's hooked.
0: What music did you see there? Uh, Was there some inspirational music there at all?
1: Honestly, so many crazy, crazy acts – I guess because I, I just appreciate all music, I, I was just loving just sitting on the, the hills listening to a lot of these people that I hadn't heard, the people that I had heard and I didn't know the names of, like I'd heard their songs on radio, I'm like, oh, this is you, this is crazy, yeah, so um, I was enjoying that, and then the rest of the time, um, I was pretty much staring at the stage, and my eyes lit up, like, that's got to be me, in some years' time, I'm, I'm going to get up there, so that was my main drive, and it was just such an exhilarating experience, and... It just fueled my dreams even more, I think.
0: Full kudos for doing swag the first year round. That's how it should. None of this glamping stuff, which you may have done later years, but, you know, swag is is the way to <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah. And I it's must con- the back of the year. <laughs> must confess, I would have never seen Kane West live had it not been for Falls. He was there and I thought, I might as well see this guy. Oh, uh,
1: that's true. That would have been awesome. Yeah, it, there's, there's some um, crazy artists. I think Peking Duck was one of the, the main artists first year. Uh, along with Flume and uh, Run the Jewels was another one. So hard to remember because I'm getting them all mixed up because I've been three of them now. So seeing that stage a couple of times so many really big artists on it, it's such an experience.
0: And for our international listeners, it is a bit like your Lollapalooza, your kind of reading, where there's different genres of music and you can, if you wish, just hone into a particular genre of music for the three days if you want, or you can sort of yeah, spread exactly. yourself out a bit. 100%.
1: It's, it's, that's the best for
0: it. Risk It All actually opens up this very EP, and I feel like it's an opening of the heart for you as well.
1: That that song in particular, well, when I heard the beat, it instantly reminded me of, like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, the term kick-ons um, down in South Australia, but it's like when you leave the club and it's, like, 3 a.m. and you're walking around junk with your mates and just go and seeing some weird stuff in the city that you hadn't seen before. And whenever I, I was young and, like, I was in these times, I'd always be the one that was just staring at the stars, just dreaming off my head of what I wanted to accomplish in the future and, like, I'd always lose my mates and, or, like, I'd wander off by myself, yeah, just constantly staring at the stars. So, like, it's really, like, a bit of a manifestation thing that I really wanted for my future. That, that's sort of what Risk It All um, reflects for me. Like, it it was a weird sort of song and, like, a, a weird thing to try and capture.
0: And we've mentioned before about the production on this EP as well, which is quite outstanding. The thing that drew me back to your music was that of um, remembering my days of listening to Skunk Hour. Now, I want to ask you, do you know who Skunk Hour are? It's fine if you don't. Um, um,
1: I, actually, I, I didn't know until you uh, put in one of the emails. So I it and had a, a look and a bit of a listen. Yeah, pretty
0: cool. And so I'm wondering whether or not that's the kind of vibe as well. Obviously, you haven't been influenced by, but you kind of sit within.
1: It's it's hard to say. I, I I don't have, like, a major artist in particular, I guess. I, I guess I draw little bits of inspiration from from everyone or, like, I'll hear a certain thing that, that someone does in a song, even if it's on, like, the producer side of stuff, and, like, I'll try to incorporate it, but I'll never, like, try and copy it. I, I want to use a little bit of that, but I want to put my own twist on it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, it's hard to say where I draw my inspiration from on that one. It's, it's mainly personal experience, I believe.
0: Do you use your everyday life as a catalyst for your songwriting? In other words, do things need to happen in your life for you to be able to write? Uh, yeah.
1: Um, when I was younger, yes, that, that, that was definitely the case. But as I've sort of grown up, I, I try and challenge my writing skills a, a little bit if I can. So say I hear, just for instance, one of the earlier tracks, um, latest tracks that I'm in recording that isn't released yet, it, it was just like a real, almost like a club banger, like a tiger song or, or something like that. So I put myself in like one of these famous rapper shoes and then imagine that I was them singing about my life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to happen to me, but if, if something's like hit hard or like I'm feeling very emotional about something, yeah, it does tend to come out in my songs
0: let's take you back to this only because it's there on on Spotify to be listened to uh blood and gold featuring stacky obviously this is way back for you but how how does that song fit in what what is the collaboration with the uh, stacky like
1: so stacky is actually my roommate at the moment stacky is one of the nicest dudes ever he helped me out a lot when I was growing up like well, with self-confidence and stuff like that so when I had the opportunity to, like help him out a bit in like Create a track with him. He was stoked too. So like, yeah, I'm. I'm always. It's always about helping my friends, and if I can give them the opportunity that that they and then that's that's awesome. I feel good about it, and we've been great since then, man. Um, he, both both of us as musicians are just progressing um, rapidly. So. But I feel like anyway.
0: The picture that we have for this very episode, you in America, or at least you giving a bit of an American vibe on a construction site maybe. <laughs> is that the goal or do you just enjoy that particular culture that comes with the rap?
1: Hayden is 101% Aussie all the way and I'll always rap Australia. Australia is my place. but We're influenced a lot by America, so like I, I guess it does rub off on like on me when I wear my clothing or, or stuff like that and maybe, maybe – my um, I rap, I guess, because I've been influenced by a lot of different rappers. But, yeah, I'm, I'm Aussie all the way through. Man. I'm always going to rap Aussie in Queensland, Brizzy City, 100%.
0: Hey, just a quick one. Who's your favourite Instagrammer?
1: Oh, my favourite Instagrammer.
0: Or Snapchat or OnlyFans, just one of these social media sites. Um, Give them a shout-out.
1: Yeah, shout-out to Zion Studios,
0: 100%. Based upon that answer, you're still producing these new tracks with them, aren't you?
1: I'm loyal to my producer. As soon as I found someone that's what I'm looking for, and like I can get along with, like as a person, yeah, man, I, I see no no other need to go anywhere else. Um, I'm I'm stoked with the music that we're we're
0: accomplishing. That's uh Matt McCurdy, as we were mentioning before. Yeah. The stuff that you're working with McCurdy now. With what's the yeah. vibe? Seems like the overused word, but what is the vibe of the new material you're working with?
1: Every track is completely different to the last because Matthew um, creates, he's a crazy beat maker. So he's he's coming up with with some out of it beats which are all mixed of genres. So um, whichever beat I feel like is resonating with with us, um, I've been jumping on. We're going to start doing a couple more um, acoustic songs and stuff like that, I think, in the future. At the moment, I've just got heap of beats that he's been sending me. So I feel like a bit of an Eminem, Dr. J situation. I'm trying to come up with all these songs for all these beats. So their overall vibe is just party and enjoy life, I reckon.
0: Started off with the Hound Dog, Elvis Presley Hound Dog. What's the conversations like now with the old man in terms of music, life generally? What's the connection like?
1: Me and my old man are so close. Like, He's he's the nicest, best fella on, on the face of this planet. Like, He's honestly just the best like he he deserves the world and everything more we have the best connection man but what i want to do in the future i want to do a father son album
0: if you were to give him a modern day record what album would you be recommending to him
1: um my my dad's is a very open listener i guess i was going to send something like that was a bit mid-range to what to what i like and to what he might like i'd probably and something like Anderson Pack because he's sort of got that old school vibe mixed with a new school vibe, just oh down to T-perfect. It's just crazy. It's perfect. Um, yeah, so I'd recommend Anderson Pack. Probably Malibu is one of my favourite albums of his.
0: And it'd be a miss not to ask, what are you currently listening to? What's the new release that's going past Hayden Matthews' ears?
1: Honestly, my roommates put me on um, to this track. I've been listening to him for a little while. His name's Little Baby. But he's got this track called The Bigger Picture and it's pumping through my headphones lately. So that's what I've been smashing the past couple of days.
0: Well, our time's come to a close. But Hayden Matthews, thanks very much for joining Radio Notes for a bit of a chat. And, of course, Summer Days is the latest EP from you.
1: Yep, no worries, man. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Radionotespodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. By Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Murch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia.